All right, three, two, one, and uh, we're live. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Digital Hoos. Today, we have a pretty, pretty interesting podcast. I have with me Andrew Costandi, to say it right, yep. who is who actually just graduated um, in data science, which is such an interesting field and something that I've been wanting to explore for such a long time. And one, I want Andrew to come on because he's going to give us a very different perspective than maybe other data science because he literally just studied it. So I think it's going to be very fresh and a very interesting take on it. So Andrew, thanks again for being here. I do appreciate your time. Uh, let's get into this. Um, give me a bit of background. What did you originally study? What was your bachelor degree in? My bachelor's was in computer science, uh, okay. specializing in software development. Okay. And then I started working for IBM. Why do you go into computer science in general? Uh, well, I mean, back then, uh, computers were, you know, the cool thing, and I just wanted a piece of it. That's early 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah. You studied here? Yes, in the University of Wollongong. Did you grow up here? Yes. All right, cool. How was that? Great. I really enjoyed it. And I always find it fascinating talking to people who grew up in Dubai, because you guys got to see such a quick, exponential evolution of a city. Like, I came yeah. in 2013, 14, so everything was kind of built. I know they're still building, but like the major things like the Burj Khalifa, Burj Arab, all the major differences. Because I remember like, I heard that people, from my friends who grew up here is like, at the beginning it was like literally just like, I don't know, it was just Dara, right? That was like yeah. the hub and it just yeah. kind of expanded. So it was really interesting to have watched that, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, pretty much half my life I was in Abu Dhabi and the other half was in okay. Dubai. Okay, so wow. uh, yeah, so both cities really, uh, you know, grew a lot and... Uh, uh, you know, the exposure we get here to a lot of different yeah. cultures and uh, nationalities is uh, wonderful as well. I'm sure. So in, in in school, before you went to bachelor's, were you always like into like math and, and science, what kind of things? Was that um, ever... I mean, I was a pretty good student, okay. but I wouldn't say I was totally into it. Uh, I mean, a lot of times uh, you don't get into something unless you see a clear purpose for it and how to use it. Oh, your parents and... make you do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started off in engineering. Oh, nice. I did a year and I realized I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life and I moved straight into marketing. Wow. Sometimes you just realize you just don't want to do this. Yeah. 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 So I guess uh, so. You got into computer science, but also learning in what learning computer science two thousand one must be so different than what they learn today. I'm sure even the languages are different. So what what exactly okay. do you learn in computer science in, in um, at that at that time? So at that time, I mean, you you start off with some basic logic and um, uh, probability math. Um, do you like JavaScript? Uh, I mean, yeah, you do Java. Back then, it was Java, JavaScript, uh, C++, C++ okay. exactly. Even assembly programming. What's assembly programming? Uh, it's like a lower level language than C++. Okay, so fine. even worse. <laughs> I tried taking C++ when I was engineering. I failed that miserably. It's yeah. just, it's, for me, just some things just go over your head and I just could not, I could not wrap my head around it. All the, all the, all the functions and stuff, I just couldn't get it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, once you get to understand the logic, you can really start programming in any language. Um, but uh, yeah, some languages are harder than others. And now uh, Python basically That's uh, SQL, is right? the uh, no Python. Okay. Python now is the sort of the most popular language okay. for programming, and it's uh, yeah, it tends to be easier to use and and uh, uh, looks prettier than C plus plus life. So I, I, all I know about Python is that they use it in did they use it in SEO? I think it's used all over the place okay. now. Even in data science, it's become a very, very popular language. Okay. Do you feel that when you, we'll get into it, but did you feel that when you got into data science as a, as a, as a, like a major, that you kind of had to relearn a lot of things that you, that you had to like relearn stuff that you took in computer science? Cause there's, there's some relation, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I had to basically refresh my memory and yeah. uh, some of the concepts, okay. but then it was basically learning the new languages that data science uses like right, cool. R and C and, and Python. All right, very cool. So basically, you study here. Uh, you do computer science. Uh, you specialize. What's you saw software development specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually developing software A to Z. Uh, yeah, I mean it's usually part of a team. But okay, yeah, that's fine. The, so did you have you, to do like a, a project we develop a soft, what, what, what software? What software you guys exactly. make? Exactly. Uh, so I think the graduation project we developed like a simple game. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, what kind of game was it? Like a shoot 'em up? What was it? Uh, yeah, I mean it was like a not not a like that's too advanced. Okay. But, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> something like I think it was like a minimal strategy kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah. How come you never want to get into uh, game development? Because that's pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's it's kind of difficult to get into it, okay. and it's that. not that uh, common. Uh, like you don't find, for example, here a lot of companies, uh, you know, working on on game development. That's uh, sad though. It's such an yeah. interesting field. Yeah, but it needs a lot of uh, resources, and I'm sure. uh, and it's not just in, in programming. You need like you need the, now with the, you know you can see what the games are like in the yeah, market. They're crazy. Stories and yeah, movies. Yeah, they're and, huge. Yeah. But those guys have like teams like, of hundreds of people. Exactly, it's the whole production. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I'm not sure of the size of the industry in the US. Yeah, but, yeah it's like, the industry is huge there yeah. with all the. I don't know. You have all, Rockstar games. You have yeah. EA games. It's it's massive. So cool. So you say that. Uh, do you remember your GPA? Because I was looking, I was looking before. Like yeah. you got, you got, you're getting four point here. In, yeah, in, in my data science <laughs> stuff. No, and in because uh, um, Wollongong doesn't use GPA system. Okay. Uh, so they use a. Uh, it was that Australian system, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, was it yeah. letter grade? Uh, so it, I think it was like an average number, but I. Uh, okay, fair. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you killed it. No. So anyway, you finished that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you finished that, and then you, you what you got straight into IBM, uh, uh, right after. So I think there was like a year in between, okay. but then, uh, yeah, then I started in IBM as an intern first okay. and, uh, you know, grew into, uh, uh, you know, through different roles. Was this before, before, this is, wait, this is before Watson, right? Yeah. Way before. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What year Watson come out? I'm not sure. It's, it's not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. Like yeah, 2012, 13, something, something like, that? like that. Probably. All right, cool. So what you were doing so as an intern, what were you doing there? Um, so I started in a department uh, called the Technical Exploration Center. It was just like a, an innovative idea mm-hmm. uh, in within Software Group, where we, you know, created uh, organized events for business partners and customers, technical events. Okay. Uh, so sort of like um, you know enablements on okay. our software. Uh, so I was basically taking care of the organization, hardware, software setup of the whole. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, as an intern. Yeah. As an intern, that's yeah. a lot to do as an intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I started as an intern, but okay. at some point, I uh, became a contractor there. That's really good. Uh, so yeah. they actually liked your work, I guess. Gave exactly. you a full-time job. And yeah. you, you stayed yeah. there for a while, right? Uh, Total of nine years, you think? So, I, I mean, an IBM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, nine, okay. nine plus years. And, and you didn't you, you jumped around a bit of departments, right? Kind of. So I was always within Software Group, always but yeah, I did different things. So I moved from that role to marketing. Okay. I did that for a year. How do you find marketing? Uh, I mean, it was baptism by fire. Okay. Because uh, I had no marketing experience. Yeah, exactly. Was, <laughs> that's what yeah, and and suddenly I'm uh, I'm doing the marketing for a software group in the Gulf. How, of the how are you doing? I, I can't even imagine. Uh, was it is it a specific software you were trying to market? So at the time, yeah. I had all of software group in Gulf and Levant. And what, what was the software product? Because the, the manager had, had left. And, and oh, so no, I was no. I came on board and then the manager left and I was alone for a while. <laughs> that's always, that's always fun when they yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the what were the products at the time? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, so the brands were uh, WebSphere, Tivoli, uh, Lotus. Uh, okay. I forgot all of them. They're like, I already know. I already know yeah. of Lotus. Okay, yeah. so then now you had to market it as well. So yeah, basically organize uh, events okay. uh, for clients and uh, some digital marketing. That's so uh, interesting. But it was to me, I was basically learning on the job. Like when so, you doing, you guys didn't have like a media agency or anything at the time. Um, I I don't recall working with some. T- so we, IBM generally used. Yes, uses exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, uh, yeah. At that time, I think most of the stuff I did it was basically yeah on my own. But I probably have yeah would have used. Uh, yeah. Some so what what, what kind of digital marketing were you doing? Do you remember? It's like AdWords? Uh, yeah, was it? yeah, like campaigns, usually digital ca- email campaigns, things okay. like that, yeah. So, okay, so obviously IBM would have, how, how strong, do you remember how strong your database was? How many contacts you had? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then you did that for a year and then you're like, get me out of here. I can't keep uh, doing this on well, my own. Well, <laughs> actually, so then, actually this, this gave me a lot of exposure to, um, you know, the different uh, software brands and the, okay. the teams there. So, um uh, and full-time position so i was still a contractor at that point okay a full-time position uh, uh, came up in business development for uh, cognos which was a new acquisition by ibm okay um so i moved to that role at the, yeah. okay fine, fine and how long you stay in that role um so from that role business development i moved to um sales and okay. then so I, like i was basically a part of this brand okay. until uh, until uh, i left ibm and in it, 2016 oh, but then you moved into sales but then selling that specific brand uh, yeah so okay. in, in, yeah software. so it grew as well they added some products to okay. the business like the analytics okay. yeah so the, the brand was called business analytics it okay. included cognos and some other software like spss when it was acquired later okay yeah, no, SPSS. Uh, okay. yeah so uh yeah so i basically and and during that time you change industries you're focusing on okay. and you change regions sometimes so it's uh, i guess is that is that kind of like the culture at ibm where they want you to get exposed to different verticals yeah. yes exactly yeah That's so you cool. uh, yeah and you uh, you widen your horizons and uh, you learn also lots of new things i'm sure growing. That's so interesting yeah. Yeah. and then i guess then you moved into what's cognitive solutions was that 
so in this role, basically, that was uh, your last role, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So I I looked after the the existing customer base mm-hmm. uh, for the cognitive solutions, which was okay. uh, like a super group of products. Okay, so it includes business analytics and, and others. I would many tens of products. Mm. So. Um, um, so it included business analytics, but also okay. other uh, software, uh, where basically my job was to look after the existing clients, okay. and make sure that you know they continue renewing with us. Okay. And, uh, so a client, like a client servicing role, right? Yeah, and also included you know helping with the upsell and cross selling of products. So if, if okay. someone has you know a group of products which would make sense with another group of products, then you try and. Uh, That's interesting. So you're like a like a project manager almost, kind of um, like a project manager, client servicing. You can say a, sort of like a relationship. Uh, okay. Advisor. So let's say, for example, you have a client who has like a problem with the software. Then would it be your responsibility to bring in like the the technical team to help them? Or, so or, uh, I mean, there's an escalation process, but if there's something very urgent and uh, like it gets escalated uh, seriously, I would uh, yeah, I would see it. Interesting. The only reason I'm asking because I find that realm so interesting, especially now in my professional career. I'm working very closely with, for example, like Oracle and and Salesforce and PwC and all that. So it's interesting to see from the other side because they also very much the same, right? Their guys are all client servicing, a lot like a project manager, and then any kind of issues I tell him, but he doesn't have it. He might not have the technical expertise. He would have to escalate it to the right person. That's so interesting. And how many clients were you handling? Uh, I mean, so I. Like the, the, the cl- entire, okay, the enti- yeah, all yeah. the clients so, of these products you would yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah, but basically it would be, uh, you know, whenever something comes up or we, we do actively reach out to them as well. Okay. Uh, you know, letting them know what's new, what's the latest, any, uh, uh, you know, we, we try to, you know, contact them with mm. things rele- relevant to what they're, you know, what they have or what they're using. That's so interesting. Yeah. That is so, so interesting. So is this, is it, was it this last role where you got exposed to like the idea of data science? So Was well, it this role? No. So it was in actually the sales role uh, before that role. Okay. Uh, because when, when you're doing sales of analytics software, mm-hmm. uh, you're getting, we're, we were getting a lot of the experts in analytics okay. from the U.S., uh, where they were talking to clients and, and mm. you know, so we were, you know, there hearing all this and we got excited by it. So personally with my technical background in computer science, I thought hey, this could be a, an interesting area for me. Okay. Uh, and, and I started um, in August of 2015 Okay. Uh, with my, you know, first uh, course. I, I just started with the Coursera course, the data science okay. specialization by Johns Hopkins. Okay. Uh, just to test the waters. Okay. Uh, and I totally loved it. So, and from then on, I just, I couldn't stop. So you actually just did like one course? Uh, so it was a specialization. So okay, I think fine. it was nine courses. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I did it from August, 2015 to uh, early 2016, March or something. And you got certified? Uh, yeah. So I got the specialization. Okay. Uh, and then I decided, okay, maybe I can, you know, get something more okay. academically official. So okay. I did the uh, professional graduate level certificate in data science at Harvard. Okay. Um, and then when I liked that as well, I went and did the masters in data science at North. That's Africa. so interesting. What what was it about data science that really? I mean, I found it fascinating because it teaches you how to think about things properly. Okay. Uh, how to understand lots of concepts that we all take for granted, but mm-hmm. they're much more complex than we think. Okay. Um, say, for example, probability. Okay. Uh, which you know. So a lot of people um, they misunderstand what probability actually means. Yeah, all, I, all I know you. probability is why I took yeah. in maths. Yeah. Is math yeah. back in twelfth yeah. grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have eight dice or something, yeah. and you flip. What was yeah. the probability? You yeah. get two sixes yeah. or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think uh, like probability is really interesting because a lot of our decisions are based on probabilities. Okay. So if we don't really understand, even if you knew with absolute accuracy, uh, you know, the probability of an event. Mm-hmm. Um, as a number, if you don't understand how probability works, okay. even using this number might not lead you to the right decision. Okay. Uh, you know, with the uncertainty yeah. and, 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 you know, so a simple example would be if you ask someone, uh, you know, if I predict an event with okay. a probability of uh, 70% or 60% okay. and then uh, the event doesn't happen, was my, you know, was the probability wrong? Okay. And, you know, the f- most people, the, the first thought that comes into their mind would be, yeah, of course, I mean, you predicted 70% or, yeah. well, you know, if it didn't happen, then. Yeah. But in reality, that just means that, you know, if this event was to happen so many times, like, a you know, 100,000 times, okay. then we'd expect this event to happen 70%, um, yes. you know, w- within this scenario and, and 30% not. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I guess it depends on the sample size, I guess, or population. Uh, I mean, this is just like a conceptual thing. Okay, it, fine. That you cannot really judge based on one. Okay, uh, fine. Cool. Case. Now let's, let's, let's jump straight into it. How do you how would you define data science? So data science I'm is sure it's a hard the thing to define. yeah it's a it's I would say the discipline of uh, using data okay. to you know achieve insights and have an impact on some kind of. Uh, business outcome or goal okay, that you're fine. trying to achieve and does it matter what kind of data it is uh, i mean definitely you need data that is relevant to okay. the goal um clean um and um large enough in size I'm glad you said clean we'll yeah. get into that yeah all right okay cool <sighs> such interesting realm um from a business point of view right let's mm-hmm. say look at when you when you were studying data science, how how, how what what, did, what would you actually start with? Like, actually, like explain to me, like walk me through like the curriculum. What is sure. from, let's say from one hundred one till the final? What would it be? Sure. So you would start with basically some math and probability. Okay. Um, um and then start with uh, depending on your background, you could uh, uh, do something to understand the analytics market, how businesses okay. use so some like a, some sort of general uh, business analytics. Okay. Um, Does data science always have a business outcome? Is that part of it? Uh, I mean, not necessarily in business. I mean, data science okay. could be used for, um, you know, in academic circles. It, okay, fine. It, it can be part of research. Uh, Does it always have a hypothesis they have to prove or disprove? Uh, not necessarily. Not, necessarily. not okay. necessarily. So you could be doing data science by, for example, creating a, a predictive model. So you're not formally having a okay. hypothesis and, and, you know, p-values. Okay. And, um, so, yeah, and, and, and you can just be exploring even. Uh, okay. So you, you have a set of data and you're looking at, you know relationships between variables and okay. between variables and the outcome and uh sometimes you even use data science to come up with interesting questions not necessarily to answer them all right cool. uh, let's um, I need to write that down uh fine so now you start off with some math and probability yeah and then what do you move into um so then you could do for example a course just to understand the the, the market and the how okay. and how analytics is being used okay. that, like a background um then you can get into um programming okay uh, where you know the current top two languages are R and Python, okay. Um, and so also it depends on your background. If you, for example, have a computer science background, okay. then it's uh, you know easier or to pick don't. up. If you don't, you can you know learn you can it. still learn it. Okay. Uh, and what what are the, is it like is it just like lines of code basically? Is that basically what it is? Uh, or it's like if then statements, if and is that what it is? That's how I do it. Like mm-hmm. for my people, it was like if and statements most of it, right? No, no. So there okay. are you know more complex. Yeah, obviously, uh, concepts. I know such yeah. a shallow. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. there are I would say data science specific um, uh, programming, uh, let's say uh, methods. Okay. Um, for aggregating data, summarizing data, um, and you like you need to learn also some specific um, functions within those languages that were pre-built uh, for data science. Uh, so there are libraries, for example, in Python that do, uh, you know, data manipulation. Uh, same thing with the, with R. Okay. Um, so you would need to learn those specific libraries, like for example, for data visualization, you've got ggplot2 okay. in R, uh, and matplotlib in um, Python. Okay. So and and you would need to learn those libraries so that you're efficient in your work. That's so interesting. Cool. So then you move into that, I guess, into yeah. learning the actual the tools itself, yeah. right? Like Python and whatever. Yeah. Then where would you move into then? Um, so then, uh, so then you could do, for example, statistics. Okay. Um, and you could do um, statistics. You now use programming within statistics. Okay. Which is, um, which, I mean, statistics now is heavy on the computing side mm-hmm. as well, and a lot of the statistical methods uh, make use of the computing power we have now. Um, and then after that, you can get into, uh, you know, the, I would say the, the core data science, uh, courses, okay. which would cover things like, um, uh, supervised learning, unsupervised learning, uh, What's supervised learning. So supervised learning is when you're learning from the data with an outcome in mind. Okay. Um, and you're like an objective, uh, with an, so it's usually like an outcome variable. Okay. Give me an uh, example. That you're, so let's say you want to predict churn. Okay. which customers are going to churn. Okay. Uh, so That's then, like convert? Uh, yeah. So, so like, for example, leave the... So it's a customer and he's going to leave you. He's going to oh, churn. Oh, defect. And, yeah. Okay, fine. And then, uh, so you're, you're using a set of uh, variables about those clients. What kind of variables are you looking at? Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so you could look at things like when was the last purchase. Like frequency of visits, yeah, frequency and when of was purchases. The last visit, uh, he, he did, for example, okay. uh, the average uh, okay. purchase size. Uh, okay. You would... 
I mean, usually in data, you get as much data as you can mm-hmm. that you think is relevant, and then you explore what does have a relationship with the outcome. Interesting. Um, but you, you, is there usually like a minimum amount of data sets you would need to at least at least be able to venture into it or not necessarily? It's like, I mean, like I need, I need at least like six data points, six data sets to at least work, like for example, to at least begin to work on a outcome. So the more the data, the more reliable okay. the insight. For sure. Um, I mean, for exploration purposes, I mean, th- it's hard to put a specific number. So there's, no, there's no like rule of thumb, right? Because it depends on the strength of the signal okay. and the relationship. And and you you want to make sure that you're not detecting uh, just a data artifact that's not a real signal. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, and to make sure of that, then you need you need a, a good size data set. So usually for I mean usually now that's not a problem because okay. uh, uh, you know any business is going to have uh, you know lots of clients and, okay. and, and lots of data. So uh, yeah, but um, if someone is still starting new, like a company, like a startup, for example, yeah, brand new has no data. Yeah, what do you exactly. do exactly? Then yeah, so then the first thing to do is to uh, consider data as a strategic asset. Okay. And start actively building it. How would you go about it? Um, so first of all, you would need to think about what kind of uh, questions you are mm-hmm. you could be asking of the data. So what would you want to know about, uh, let's say. Uh, your business now or what questions would you want to answer in the future um, you know to help you make strategic decisions would Um, you define the outcome first and then try to then try to get the data sets that will help you get to the outcome or do you or is that is that starting wrong you'd start out with the data sets and then figure out the outcome later if uh, you're brand new right well so so you would do both so for example as part of doing business you must be using data like keeping for sure 100 percent. yeah so, 100%. so for those you i mean obviously you would you know yeah. keep proper records and, and know your customers and and so you do that before you even think of any questions yeah but then, it's intrinsic yeah exactly and but then in parallel you would also be thinking about you know what questions would i want to answer now about my current customers or what questions would i want to be able to answer in the future and to be able, and once you have those, you could think about, okay, what more data can I collect now or mm-hmm. build now, or can I acquire from, you know, the market, from, you know, companies that, that uh, you know, build data sets. And you only look at, so obviously, you know, the diff- you know, the different levels of data, right? First party data, second party data, third party data. So I work in media mm-hmm. and I worked in agencies and now I'm client side and I'd love to get your perspective on this. So when you're an agency, you work on third party data, cookie data, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you, do you actually analyze cookie data as well? Is that part of, does that fall within the realm of data science? There is no data that, that you don't that falls outside the okay, realm fine. of uh, data. Okay, science. cool. Do you learn that though about cookie data and uh, online data? Is that something you guys learn in, in academically? Um, I mean, so not specifically, but okay. we're uh, basically, you know, depending on the goal at hand, because we could be doing all kinds of different things. We could okay. be looking at, for example, uh, predicting machine failure mm-hmm. um, in in a manufacturing company. And and so the kind of data we would be looking at then might be sensor data, for example. And then so we would need to actually get into the domain, understand what these sensors mm-hmm. are telling you. Um, so there, it, it's just so wide okay. the spectrum that there's no way to. Uh, well, have you have you personally looked into uh, cookie data, for example? No, no. I definitely recommend it. Okay. Let me tell you why. Uh, so when you work in media, right? You. Um, so when I say cookie data, I mean basically the interaction. Every time you go to a website, they mm-hmm. drop cookies on your on your browser. That basically tracks your your behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it never has PII data, personally identifiable information, mm-hmm. so it will never understand your first name, last name, email, mm-hmm. phone number, mm-hmm. but it could pick up, for example, your demographic, mm-hmm. age, age, uh, mm-hmm. like you know, range, mm-hmm. uh, gender, income level, depending if you do something mm-hmm. like that, um, purchase intent, uh, you're in market to buy yep. car, building, whatever. So it kind of picks that up and it aggregates that data, right? And then I, when you go in as a media buyer, I choose the targeting I want mm-hmm. and I target those cookies. Mm-hmm. And then from a, let's say, I'm a, if, I'm a, if, I'm a, if I have my own website, every time you come to my website, even if you don't convert into first yep. party data, yep. I can still then look at your third party perf- uh, analytics as in, cool, a thousand people came to my website today. Out of those thousand people, 600 were men, 400 yeah. were women, uh, 300 were between age 20 and 35. And then you have all those interests. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you worked on Google Analytics before? Uh, yeah. Okay. So basically everything yeah. Google Analytics yeah. you can kind of yeah. pull yeah. out. Yeah. So I've actually worked with a data scientist before. And it was really interesting where she tapped into cookie data and started creating trends and heat mm. maps to tell me what time of the day at which day of the week did people come to each website, which uh, data range were they in, and we were a- actually able to use that data to then t- 
uh, infer a marketing objective, mm-hmm. then change the way we advertise based on her data mm-hmm. that she was able to infer and then to see the ROI from that, which actually ended up having a higher R- ROI because now you know what day to target more people yeah. of this specific thing. Yeah, so I, fascinating. I, I've used this data uh, after it was basically extracted for us and yes. delivered. It has to be, it has yeah. to be, it has yeah. to be extracted yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. So, and, and that's actually a part of data science um, uh, that is... Uh, they call it data engineering now, okay. uh, which basically looks at creating data pipelines. Okay. Uh, so, for example, um, as a data scientist, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the size of the company, uh, it might not be within your scope to directly, you know, look at the cookies and then extract the data from them and then look at the, for example, the, the sensor data from a different system mm-hmm. and then uh, extract those and then you merge, for example, different things. Uh, yeah. So um, companies have, uh, like larger companies tend to have data engineers okay. who extract the data, uh, you know, make sure it's clean and, and, and um, at least from a pipeline perspective and okay. then it delivers it to you. And, and to the data scientist. To the data scientist. Okay, fine. Um, and then he can do basically... A, more specific and, and detailed cleaning and then do the, the analysis. Uh, exploration analysis can a data scientist do the tasks of a data engineer or is that uh, a whole other realm so well so in, in i feel it's in, more technical in small, right in small companies okay, uh, it to. might be a uh, uh, basically uh, uh, up to him to do everything okay um but in in large companies the work tends to be uh, more complex and mm-hmm. and the the specific set of skills needed for both roles are not identical they're not so not necessarily uh, a person could you know would be skilled in both of them interesting Uh, and and for so for example in my master's program now there is a a specialization called data engineering within uh, that within within data science okay fine Um, and then so it's uh, and and basically you 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 start studying different uh, uh, you know uh, courses and and you learn a different set of skills yeah um that complements the work of the data scientist and there's a That's lot of so demand cool. for it now no for sure yeah. what i find really interesting is that so the way i look at it i feel like before these kind of like roles would be very siloed away from other roles right you'd have you know your data guys sit in one room and then i feel now i hope so because i'm feeling that is that I am trying to then bring in those data scientists within marketing because they can do so much. I think that, that I think naturally human beings or I don't know in a, in a workplace we love to silo ourselves. You look okay, at marketing sits here on their yeah. own, IT sits there on their own, data scientists sit there, product managers sit there, and no one talks to anyone, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But I think when you when you when you actually start integrating those teams, like because in my current role in the last couple of years, I actually started working with data scientists, and I start to see the ROI of that and how important it is and how much data science can infer marketing, how much data science can actually change the way I do my marketing, the way I do my media campaigns, which in then in turn affects sales, which in turn affects the ROI of the company. So there's actually like a whole like, like, like chain that connects everything, which is really interesting. Yeah, and uh, so what, part of what we're taught, um, and even in, in academia now, is that you know, data science uh, should be very, very close to the business. Very, uh, yeah. the business uh, the business user is the expert in his yes. particular uh, area and so we cannot even start to add value unless we get his trust uh, mm. and we understand really what he wants what he needs and and his you know uh, his objectives at the end of the day mm. um, because yeah alone data science would not be able to provide value uh, and even people would not trust it uh, uh, yeah so so you need to really um, um, I would say get into the domain, get into the specifics, and uh, build this trust. Yeah. Um, and part of um, so you know going back to your question about you know the progression of the yeah. of the courses in data science. Uh, so uh, the next stage is actually uh, doing courses that are specific to business areas. So you could, okay. you could do marketing analytics. You could do HR analytics. That's super do, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get that, you can speak the business language. Is that specialization, or do you actually have to take those courses? Uh, so so for so those would be electives, okay. uh, depending on your interest. Uh, so for personally I did a marketing analytics course okay very cool uh, so where we basically look at things like you know predicting the customer defections or understanding very customer preferences um, so uh, so we can speak to the marketing guys and 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 you know help them with their yeah. work um, so data science is really a uh, uh, I would say a very um, crucial yeah crucial and um, you can really get into whatever you want to do uh, in, so a, in a company um, that's so cool so look at the most yeah. pressing problem and and then try and help i them. really like how they're actually teaching marketing 
in data yeah. science. Yeah. I wish they taught data science and marketing. Yes. Or at least yeah. some idea of it because it's yeah. so important. Because when you look at these, the, this is it's so, it's so, so interesting that you have these data science, which is, I th is it re it's a relatively new realm, would that you say? I know, I'm sure it's been around for a while, but don't you yeah. think it's really gotten more hype in yes. the last few yes. years? Yes. So the convergence of um, statistics, uh, computer science, and uh, uh, perhaps a lot of the um, methods and techniques from multiple mm. disciplines like you know economics for example all these this toolbox or this uh convergence uh yeah is relatively new uh, you know why it just suddenly kind of just like erupted um yeah i think with the um availability of big data and mm. uh you know a lot of the computing power that we now have yeah. it, it just made sense uh to you know com you know get all these uh techniques together in one box and 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 try and see what makes sense it feels like the natural progression of things exactly yeah yeah and 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 now with all these techniques together in one box you're yeah. able to see what makes sense and mm. apply uh, a technique from one discipline into another yeah when before they used to be unrelated and, and no one knew uh you know both of these things at the same time yeah so how much this is actually interesting because i've been kind of getting into this now so like I said, I come from an agency background where mm -hmm. my focus was third-party data. Agencies mm -hmm. only work with third-party data while first-party sits with the client. Mm -hmm. Now with GDPR, compliance issues coming up, limitations on third-party data, uh, the natural progression of things is now to move more to first-party data. And I, when I, I, I realized when I got to client side is that how little how little do we value first-party data, which in reality is the most important yeah, data. Yeah. When a customer gives you his information, his first name, last name, email, phone number, when he signs up to a newsletter or a text or gives you, you know, gives you that, it's such valuable data that I feel that most people or most companies, organizations do not really value that much. Do you feel the same? Um, so, I, I mean... I, the, I know you're still academic, yeah, but yeah. Do, you, do you feel that there's there's that kind of... So, I, I felt that it's, it really depends on the particular company and mm -hmm. the culture. Okay. Uh, so some companies really, uh, you know, consider data as a strategic asset okay. and they see the value. Uh, Why, yeah, some companies you'd be surprised. Um, well, for me, it's been most companies I deal with. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and sometimes, uh, like, they don't even have a lot of the basic uh, information about yeah. their clients um, and they don't seem to care. They, that's uh, yeah, the thing. They yeah, just don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's so funny how everything connects. This is how I, I always like try to, I always like to kind of follow the, the trend of things. And you brought up such a cool point is, so data science has recently emerged. At the same time, which also has emerged is GDPR and compliance, which kind of coincides with data science because now the importance of first-party data has come up yeah. and the, the dependency on third-party is going to slowly decrease and first-party is going to increase more, meaning you need to understand your actual data a lot more. And then, we're, so that's really connected there. You can kind of see that there's been a trend. You need to not only collect it, but also maintain it. 100%. Yeah. Here's where I go back to the point where we said we, they don't care. When you look at, for example, countries like like within the GCC, when you had, for example, pre-2009, post-2010, mm. where especially when you deal with like big ticket items like mm. real estate, mm. automotive, mm. any kind of company really, where they used to sell such an exorbitant amount Right, like mm. the amount of they would sell was crazy. I've heard mm. stories of mm. of people going into like you know where you have those mall stands and you, you see people sell apartments. Someone would come in and like buy five. Yeah. You hear crazy stories yeah. where I think back in the day is that people were buying so much and salesmen were making so much commission. No one cared yeah. about quality of data. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one goes to the doctor unless they're feeling something. Exactly. Pain. And now you're in 2019 where the market's really bad. Yeah. And people are suddenly caring about data, but I feel we're paying the mistakes mm. of seven years ago. Because you brought up clean data, and I think clean data is so important. Little basic, the right spelling of names, the right birth dates, uh, putting the right gender, um, right emails, right phone numbers. These are such basic data. Now, when I've worked with clients, I found that even those basic data points are, are badly maintained. Because either they didn't care because they're selling so much. So, oh, yeah, you don't want to give me your email? Fine, cool. I'll put na at gmail.com. Right or okay nine seven one five 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 buy the car come on hurry up hurry up yeah. oh, what's your name all right uh, you're Andrew all right I spent it with a Y you know no one really yeah. cares and now yeah. when you when you come to a point where now you want to move to more first party marketing and you want to do things like email marketing or SMS marketing where it's very important to get that data set you cannot 
because your data is very badly maintained. Yeah. Um, so about this, I would think specifically here in the GCC, because there tends to be a lot of movement of people mm. in and out. Yeah. Uh, so I think that problem is a bit uh, less uh, than it could have been. Mm. Um, so uh, even if a company started late, yes. they can still you know build a, a, a proper data set that they can use. But has, doesn't that doesn't that philosophy have to be built in from day one? Uh, yeah, especially yeah, for I mean, the especially for the people who actually collect the data, the people who actually input the data, people who input yeah. into the CRM. Yeah. It has to be kind of taught to them from day one. You have to make sure the emails are right, the phone numbers are right, the names are right, put the right gender, the right birthday. Like these are such basic data sets, and I just feel like with the, with the clients I've worked with, it's just not there. Absolutely, sad. absolutely. It's uh, uh, I mean. Of course, the earlier you do it, the better. Of and of course, the when you do it, when your business is simpler, then it's much mm. easier, and then you can start, uh, you know, delivering quick wins and, yeah. and and you know getting the value. Uh, if you start, you know, late, then it's up. possible. But then, yeah, and and then it's it, your systems are more complex. Your businesses yeah. are are more complex, and um, yeah, you have more data to work with. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh, um, I mean, again. Usually, when the culture is there, mm. uh, it's it's really it's easy to do. Otherwise, so otherwise, um, you're you're actually almost um, fighting with the yeah. departments and and what they want and, and, and control of the data 100%. is another. I had yeah. to like re- I had to like recently have to like sometimes you have to educate at the most basics of things because people don't realize that when you put in a wrong when you take information that's wrong, how much it butterfly affects to everything. And people, I don't think people realize that because because I think we we like to work in silos. We like to work, and I think that whatever I do, my computer won't affect the next guy. But everything connects from a simple person as a greeter uh, in the mall who takes down your basic information. That could actually affect a whole chain from all the way down to data maintenance to data science. Because you guys, a data science cannot analyze data that's wrong. They say garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. And then you'll do wrong inferences, which then will affect marketing, which will affect the media campaigns, and it cascades and becomes, and suddenly the company's broke. Yeah, it's actually costing you money and not delivering. Sure. Any, uh, so how would how would you maintain data? What what would be the right? Is that something you guys learn in data science? Um, so, Maintenance and cleansing of data. Do you learn that? So uh, first of all, um, y- like you need to be very clear on how this data is being collected okay. and from. So like, define the data input so, points. Yeah. So exactly, and and like for example, if someone is collecting this data, does he actually understand uh, exactly? Uh, you know what to do when he gets the information if it's for example being manually there if if the customer is putting the data themselves into a form then there is a whole science of how to uh, eliminate you know, errors how to ask questions mm. to get exactly what you want to know okay uh, how to avoid uh, misunderstandings uh, you know do you provide options or do you mm-hmm. you know leave it uh, as a free form uh, for a free form text okay. uh, so there's a whole uh, let's say science behind but data collection. Doesn't that, doesn't that mean then that da- the data scientists, the people actually have to end up working with that data? Don't you think they have to even sit with HR? The people actually talk to. So let's say let's, say we're, let's take a clothing brand, American mm. Eagle. Mm. Cool. When you go to American Eagle, sometimes they ask for my phone number and my email, which mm. is totally fine. Yeah. I give it. Yeah. So even that person who's behind the cashier, mm. that person has to be educated on the right way to take data. Yes. But how does? But how can? You, how do you work with HR? Because HR won't know. HR is HR. Their job is to do their HR stuff. How would HR even know that they have to communicate this? So should even the data person even talk to HR and work with them? Is that, is that how? Uh, so usually the data science starts by you know going to work on a business problem. And then once you identify the business problem that you're you're going to work on, then you could use multiple approaches. You could go and talk to, you know, for example, yeah. the, the sales department. Yes. Do, do we want to train, uh, for example, the sellers to you know get accurate information. Uh, how to handle... Uh, mm. you know extreme or strange cases uh, what to do when in doubt uh, because you'd rather you know you, if, if you do it properly from the beginning then you save a lot of time fixing yeah. things at the end um, and you don't waste information which you would you might need to throw out if it's uh, for sure Let, let's take a case for example let's say a clothing brand just like I said you've come in you're the data scientist now right mm-hmm. you've come in and you've realized that all the information is wrong People are not taking the right emails. People are not taking the right information. Uh, all you have is some transactional data, but it's not. The, but the the PII data, like the name, phone number, email, is all wrong. You, the the phone numbers are collected wrong. Uh, the emails are like tests at test.com. What do you do then? How do you even fix the culture? It's because now it's not. Now you're not. Now you're no longer just a data scientist. Now you're HR, and now you're sales, and now you're marketing. You gotta you gotta do everything now. What what, what would you do? So I, I mean, if this is the case. 
Which I'm the sure, I'm thing, feeling it's yeah, common, yeah, by the way. So the first thing you need to do is get executive buy-in because 100%. if it's such an Thank extreme you. case of, uh, uh, you know, like company-wide and, and the data is bad and, and you need to talk to multiple departments, then you need to go and start right at the top. At the 100%. Top, you said such an yeah. important thing. It has to be a top-down. Yeah. I've been saying this so much. You cannot, because it's like a transformation yeah. almost, right? I think this is where digital transformation yes. comes in that it has to be top-down. Exactly. And it has to be top down. Look, an executive, the CEO, the board member has to send out an email, guys, this is how we're going to do it. You have to, you got to talk to your employees, HR has to do this. So and true. and the, the departments have to feel accountable 100%. for the results to the CEO. 100%. Uh, yeah. But do you think it's the job of a data scientist to drive that conversation? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the data scientist, his role at the end of the day is to deliver results and, yeah. and, and business improvement. Um, and no one cares more about this than the CEO. And 100%. if you feel that you are not able to do your job, yeah. uh, then he would be the right person to approach at that point. And and if usually if it comes from the top, everyone has to follow through. 100%. So, so interesting. Uh, you, you're hitting on so many important points, which I think is, is actually very common here. It's the maintenance of data. It's, it's so important, and I think we don't realize how important it is. And when I was an agency side, I didn't realize that because I didn't, I didn't care, right? I, I, was, I was agency side. I was doing my job, doing my media plans, and I didn't see the end result of, of my marketing. But now when I go client side and I see, I see it, and I'm like, man, it's so important. And I think this is where it has to be top down. Mm-hmm. I think you probably need someone who has to take accountability for it, yeah. maybe a head of digital transformation who works with a data scientist or maybe a chief technology officer. So, so Someone has a, to take responsibility, right? There's okay. a new role now called chief data officer. A CDO, okay. Uh, and, and, and his role would be, you know, specifically to build all these, yeah. uh, you know, pipelines and make sure that the, the company builds data as a strategic asset. Yeah. Uh, but again, to have this role in the first place, you have to get the CEO to believe in this vision. Hundred um, percent, completely. You're you're so right. It's you. Yeah, you need that one person to come in and be like, okay, I'm going to take accountability for this. I need all the departments to listen to me, CEO. I need your approval. Give me the green light, and you start bringing people in. You bring yeah. the head of HR, the digital guy, the marketing people. Put them in a room. Be like, hey guys, we, this is what we got to do. Our data is not good. We have to maintain it. We got to cleanse it. All right. Well, how the other you, thing? Yeah, the other sorry, thing please. I want to add is that. Um, you know, so besides talking to the, you know, executives, you would also need to figure out a way to deliver a quick win because this yes. is how you start building like trust. Proof of concept. And, exactly. And and so you could look at, at something that is, let's say, the least bad. Okay. Um, or the easiest to fix. Okay. And start working on that. And once you deliver this quick win, okay. it gives you momentum mm. with the executives and with the other departments uh, because yeah. people start talking. And Very you've true. already started proving. It's something own. you learned, or is it just your logical? You're using your knowledge with your logic to make so, this. So, so it's both. It makes a hundred percent like it's logic. Both. To me. It's yeah, both. Okay. Um, it's both. So, and 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 you know, this part of what we're you know trained on is how to be successful in a company. That's and so, and, so and to do that, yes, you need to have a, a proof of concept, and you need to have to build relationships. Okay. Uh, so it's it's both. I really like the way you're thinking. I think once I get, get into your career, I think you're going to start to see how important that role is going to be. And how important that you do need that top down. You need that. You need that senior management to, have, to give yeah. you the green light, give you the full support, make it happen. How would you go about? Fine. So now we know maybe approach of how to maintain and get. How would you cleanse data? Well, so uh, I mean, the, the first thing you would do is start to. Uh, first of all, you need to make sure that what you think the data is telling you is right. So, are okay. w- was everything coded correctly, or okay. were there you know mistakes? Uh, there are simple errors like, for example, spelling mistakes. Yeah. Um, or for example, illogical. Sometimes there's a problem in the form where mm. you've get you get illogical um, answers. So okay. for example, if if uh, if the form was done incorrectly, then like someone might say, okay, do you have a spouse or you know if you're married or not? Mm. And then uh, there's a, a field with the age of the spouse and it's there, although the person is not married. Then that's mm. a, a logical flaw. A logical flaw. Okay. So so you you look at you explore all these. So you eliminate flaws in the per, in the area where you collect data. Yeah, exactly. And then so depending on the kinds of uh, problems that you see, okay. you could either fix some of them or some of them might be there might be no way to recover yeah. the actual. But uh, that that basically will that will mitigate any future errors. What do you do? So let's let's say you you do all the steps, you fix all the problems, mm-hmm. so everything collected on that day onward will be right. But now you have, let's say, you have five years of data that's wrong. 
No, no, but you could have, so you could mm. have uh, um, like cleansing whereby, for example, uh, let's say for some reason, all okay. the, the spaces between the words were gone. So it's, it's the data itself. But how needs, can you detect, how can you even detect that's a problem? You'd explore. You would look, okay. explore. You'd actually have yeah. to and, look. And you need to make sure that uh, for every variable or every uh, piece of data that you're looking at, that the data matches what you expected yeah. and is in a form that you can use. And this is another story. What, what, if, what if there's millions of data? What you can't you can't manually sampling. look through it. Sampling. Okay. So okay. sampling, you would find what I mean, and usually by the way, when you clean data, you don't really make sure it's entirely hundred percent clean every row uh, of the data because yeah, there is no time to do this. But okay. you would look at, at samples, random okay. samples, and see what kinds of errors tend to be there. Okay. And, uh, Would you focus on the data that will affect the outcome you're trying to achieve, and then you you'll take it from there? So let's say you wanna I don't know I don't know, you wanna realize how many people abandon cart or so or whatever yeah. or how many people for example uh, are return buyers. Yeah. So you look at the data that will affect that outcome, and then you focus on that first. So you would you would look at all the data that you can get related to this topic, okay. and you would start exploring which of them seems okay. to be related to this okay. outcome. Um, another very important point would be to look at feature engineering where okay. you create your own features okay. from the data that might be related to the outcome interesting um so okay. so for example uh, you know with that example in mind um you could uh, for example get the data from two variables mm -hmm. and then for example do their sum or do their ratio okay um to to okay. and that's like a third new variable now that okay. can be related more than either of them were okay that's pretty interesting yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, so much to think about. That is so, so interesting. Like the, this realm is so important. It is so important. It's really interesting how people are getting into it now. Um, you specialize in AI. Yes. Why do you choose AI? Um, so AI is gives you like uh, the new raw power okay. of, uh, of data. Uh, so it looks at things like, um, for example, uh, how to uh, detect um, images for example mm -hmm. and and understand uh, what they represent um, so it it sort of takes data science and puts it on uh, hyperdrive okay. now now the term ai has been you know hyped up so exactly, much yeah. um, uh, and um, i mean it's it it does it does have a lot of you know power and and it it does have staying power as well and it still has a lot to grow uh, but usually this is how things are people get overexcited uh, and then they're disappointed that the speed isn't as what they expected. Yeah. Although it is growing. And yeah, it's it, crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I liked it because I saw that, um, you know, it is the future. This is where okay. most of the um, research is, is happening. I mean, if you look at, for example, deep learning and yeah. the amount of uh, the research papers coming out and it's it's unbelievable. It's almost impossible just to keep up. Do you think people always mistake AI for robotics? Um, I mean, so AI includes robotics. Yeah, but, but there's so much more to it. The, yeah, I mean, this is, I would say, perhaps because of the, the, the media, this would yeah. be what, why people would think so. But uh, I think people who are more familiar with it, they realize that it's much more than that. So what, what exactly did you learn in your course when you specialize in AI? Um, so basically, you'd focus on, so for us, for example, I focused on natural language processing. Okay, what's up? Uh, so where basically you can um, understand text Okay. Uh, and make predictions based on text or make so for example you can um a chatbot where yeah. you can you know write something and the, the computer would you know talk back to you okay uh, or you could basically make predictions based on textual kinds of or information like, like the google call assistant the one they released earlier yeah, for example so that would be a, you know uh definitely in that's the pretty interesting AI. yeah and then it's really amazing um also with images and videos mm. and so for example now the uh, if you have a set of images and you want to classify, you know, which one is, uh, um, for example, a cat and which one is a dog yeah. and, and, and how do you train a system that can mm. understand that or, uh, for employees, how do you do facial recognition? Uh, so, you know, this, this is the kind of, uh, I was, work. uh, I, I'm sure you've seen this. Let me know if you have, there was, I was watching something where they, they developed a software. Basically it's like a, it's like a little guy running mm -hmm. and they taught the machine inside of it to, know what happened like so basically the input whatever information the machine was learning how to run how to cross obstacles it was all on the computer right mm -hmm. and basically if it stumbles not to make the mistake have you seen it yes yeah that yeah, was yeah. so yeah. so interesting yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, almost yeah. it's like a 
it's like almost sentient and, and learning from its yeah like, you yeah know. so that that's like reinforcement learning okay where basically uh yeah so the machine it, ra- it runs yeah. weird yeah, yeah but yeah, it was yeah, still yeah. able it, to run it, it, it learns from its mistakes with you know proper motivations uh in place so it starts yeah and it tries all kinds of different combinations and basically the idea is that if you become a little bit better slowly but consistently eventually you will get you yeah. know, to make it work uh that's you think are you think we're getting to a point where we're just going too far with ai not yet i think we're not there but, we're, okay. yeah but you uh, think with the progression we're doing are we getting danger are we getting like to the point where it's gonna be dangerous uh i i certainly think that we will get to a point where it is dangerous and like uh skynet and terminator is gonna come I mean, to life it's kind of early for that but it's uh, <laughs> luckily but um i think it's important to start considering uh you know those risks at this point just you know thinking about them it, right? yeah, yeah thinking about them and and being aware of them um because it's uh it's too late if they happen and then we start thinking right so we, 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 machines become so smart they realize that human beings are a terrible thing and end up wanting to kill we're, us. we're quite uh, i think a well, long i know we're far way, away but, yeah but, but uh you know you know elon musk of course right yeah so uh there was a, this what i was talking about joe rogan earlier is that uh, there was well, he had elon musk come on the podcast and he, and he was asking me he's like he's like do you think we're going too far with ai and Elon Musk goes, yes, and I've told them to be careful, but they're not listening to me. And he was, and if Elon Musk is worried, that's when I'm like, okay. I mean, there could be research but happening that a, we haven't heard yeah, of, 100%. right? So, because uh, there's so many, like you know, DARPA, the defense. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they're yeah. supposedly they're doing some crazy things. Yeah. You have Boston yeah. Dynamics, yeah. even though it's robotics, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, DARPA, and I think with Boston Dynamics, I talked about this on a previous podcast. We're looking to develop a robot that could go around. A battlefield and then eat up the dead bodies to cleanse the battlefields oh, oh so okay. to eat organic material yeah. to keep it clean so dead bodies will just eat it up wow, which awesome. freaks me out yeah absolutely. we should not teach machines to eat dead to eat humans right that's absolutely. pretty <laughs> but it's pretty it's pretty pretty interesting but do you think that human I beings mean, uh, does it make sure they're how does it make sure they're I dead i guess some i don't know some kind of algorithm i don't know what the uh, algorithm to, to pick up i don't know maybe body signals heartbeat uh i mean if that sensor malfunctions and it, it just it, ends it, it yeah just thinks it, everyone is dead yeah. then it's uh, but boston demex is really interesting i was watching how they, they made that robot that runs like a cheetah you yeah, saw one? That yeah, one's yeah, pr- yeah it's pretty interesting yeah. and there's one that opens the door yeah yeah, yeah. so i think i think I'm, it's interesting to watch but i i know i do feel that we are still far away from it but it's i think it would be good just to have that in mind because i think human beings sometimes we get carried away with what we can make and then you instead of asking ourselves what can we make next is what should we make it yeah should we explore this topic right the other scary thought is if you think that probably some research agencies in the world are probably Not a few adhering. years yeah. ahead of where we think the market is. Yeah, exactly. Is. And maybe they so don't adhere to don't ethics. Know, yeah, so, and we, so we don't know really what's, yeah. you know, what kind of progress is made. Because I would think uh, that a lot of, uh, let's say, a lot of um, the innovations in that area might be deemed, uh, you know, confidential or like a strategic uh, mm. asset to the extent that it would not be publicized necessarily. Or unethical. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And, yeah. and that would be, I would say, a valid area of concern. You guys, in AI, when you were saying, uh, do you guys learn anything about ethics in AI? Is that a subject at uh, all? Is that even the discussion? I mean, we touched on it, but we didn't like we didn't get really in depth. But there are books now coming out that discuss this, and lots of. Is there uh, a field of study about it, or not uh, yet? Not to that degree. So I I believe there are courses okay. uh, in some universities on this uh, topic. Um, because it's really important and it also involves um even um you know not necessarily ai but even simple more mm. simpler you know data science uh, uh areas for example if you're predicting um uh, for example uh the likelihood of someone to commit a crime yes um like minority uh, report uh, yeah i mean exactly and then you you want to look at a group of people and then determine that you know this person yeah. has a x percent probability of you know doing another crime interesting uh, how do you do that in a way that is ethical that's very true um because the problem is if the data itself has biases uh you know because the world itself has a lot of bias there's so, human bias yeah exactly and the data itself is unbiased no it would be biased as well if the no, world it, is biased, is, is it but data itself if you look at it, it holistically like yeah. like on its own yeah. it's not biased the person who's looking at the data is biased 
So sometimes can the, data itself be biased? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. Because sometimes the way the data is collected or mm. generated mm. is biased okay. and it involves humans. So for example, if you have a a system where uh let's say uh, a police department uh stops people to you know investigate them or to search them um and and determine if they have you know anything illegal on them and they only stop people of a certain ethnicity or yeah or or just not necessarily completely but even if that's like a higher likelihood because the person stopping them is racist for example for example so then uh, and then he you know records the results so now you're going to have data sets that show a higher percentage of a a minority group for example just because they were investigated more so then, but the, the risk with this is that because now the data generation process was biased, now the data is biased, and then you put it into a, a model, a machine learning model. So then it makes predict, predictions based on this data. Which is biased. Which is biased, but then you, like as a normal person. Even if you US, come in and you're not biased, but you look at the data, you're not going to be biased because that's what the data is showing exactly. you. Exactly. Or, you, so or you would think that you can blindly believe what the model is predicting because... You know, it's a model, it's unbiased, and it's based on data, and that's unbiased. So, that's so crazy, you believe man. it wholeheartedly, and you, so you want to enforce it. And that's, that's, that's so, so interesting. So how much, so basically, I look, when I think about that, I automatically go to the States and the, and the problems with, with ethnic minority groups getting oppressed in the States. And I wonder is how much of that data is helping that constant bias or that constant problems. And I wonder if anyone's even looking at it. Is that even a topic that's being addressed? Uh, I think some people have raised this topic. Okay. Uh, and, is it being taken uh, seriously, though? Uh, well, it's. Uh, I've. I've. Uh, I. I hope it is. I'm not so sure if it is, but I hope it is. Um, because it is very serious, and it as is very it, serious. And, and as it becomes more pervasive in our lives, yeah. Um, it needs to be taken a lot more seriously because I think we probably don't even know uh, how much uh, you know algorithms are affecting our lives. Uh, like if probably if we walk into an airport today. Uh, you know, th- you know that the cameras are looking at you. Uh, if it, maybe there's a model in the background that determines, okay, we should, you know, probably select those few individuals and do an extra check. Mm-hmm. So, you know, perhaps, you know, we are being treated either, you know, unfairly or uh, so, other people are being treated unfairly so because of some of these issues. I've never looked at data like that, and I like the way you're looking. At- Did you just kind of explore this on your own? Uh, I mean, yeah, I did. I did some reading about it, and, and do you know anyone right now in the states? I don't know if you do. I'd love to. Uh, who's actually exploring the, the the bias of data in when it comes to criminal or anything like that? I'd, I'd uh, love to read more about it. Or I mean, do, do you know anyone? I, I not off the top of my head, but okay, I can. Uh, I can. Definitely if you do, please send it. That's yeah. so interesting. I'd love to. Man, that really opens up doors to almost everything in life. Absolutely. Opens yeah. up doors to everything in life. Wow, that is absolutely mind blowing. So, um. So what do you think is the next steps for you? What are you going to do now? What's the plan in life? Um, so, so I graduated. Yeah, so I graduated. You killed it, 4.0. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Taught the class? Uh, I mean, we don't have a ranking as such, but... Do they do like I mean, valedictorian? It's, it's a perfect so, score, okay. perfect GPA. Do they do like so, valedictorian or anything like that or not really? Uh, no, okay, no, fine. we don't have. Um, so, yeah, so my plan for now is uh, to, uh, you know, look for a job okay, here. Cool. Um, you know, hopefully that works out. Uh, why don't you, you get into like criminal data? That's such an interesting topic. I don't know if you can do it here. Maybe it's a better job for like States, Canada, Europe. But that's definitely an interesting realm to get into. I mean, definitely I would look at, uh, I mean, I would look at it if it was more, uh, let's say, uh, more mainstream here or more, uh, you know, actively being used. I don't yeah, think but it's that, not here. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying like in countries like the US, Canada. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's I mean, so you would, interesting. You could work with, uh, you know, Justice Department or yeah. even... Uh, the, 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 it's, the potential Even lawyers, endless. Because, yeah. because lawyers want to know if, you know, uh, if the judicial system is using algorithms, then okay. they want to understand, you know, if there's any biases there, because that could be you yeah. know, uh, an argument that they could use. Uh, like they probably would need some consulting in that area. So, yeah. so and you've opened up a huge uh, realm of knowledge for me. So I'm going to be reading a lot about this. I'm going to I'm going to remember this. And uh, let's say if people want to reach out to you and to talk to you more. Where, where can they find you? Uh, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. All right, cool. Uh, Andrew Costandi. Yeah, hit him up. That's where I found yeah. him. Um, Definitely has interesting things to talk about. If you guys do want to delve into data scientists, if you want to get recommendations on if that's... Uh, you recommend people to study this? Uh, definitely. Okay, because uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. but um, it's um, like a lot of people are getting into it okay. right now. Uh, so the I think there's a, a little bit of a problem with the balance in the market between experienced data scientists and, and, opportunities. and, and, and new joiners to okay, the field. Fine. 
Uh, Let's say a person like me. So I'm obviously I don't think I'm going to change my career, but yeah. I'd like to study this. I wouldn't mind getting certified. What what kind of course would you recommend for me to do as a beginner to dive into? What kind of course would you recommend? So f- first of all, I would that's two things. Okay. One, uh, do a general business analytics course where you okay. understand how analytics can help your particular domain. Okay. Uh, like you could do a course or read a book, a okay. strong book on the topic. See any, what others any are books doing. you recommend? Um, so again, depends on the particular okay, domain. Um, In marketing, for example, because that's my realm. Yeah, there are there are excellent marketing analytics books and and general um, like general uh, perhaps business okay. uh, business analytics okay. books that are like within your particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you work in automotive. Yeah, for example. Yeah, so yeah. you could yeah you could look for something uh, you know cross between the industry and the the domain. That's so cool. Um, the the other thing you would look at, like I would totally recommend, is statistics because a okay. lot of people do not have statistical thinking. Yeah, I haven't, and, I haven't and, done. I haven't thought once, about that. Once you get into that, you really it starts affecting your decision making process. Would you do just one course, or should you do like a full curriculum? I mean, depends on. Uh, like I would say, take it step by step. Okay. If if you do it and you feel that you know it's under your control and you're hungry for more, okay. then keep going. Anywhere you recommend to study that? Um. So th- I think the, the the Harvard program, for example, they have a, a, a simple to get into uh, the graduate certificate program is quite uh, easy to get into. Okay. So costly? Uh, no, I mean I think it costs under eleven thousand dollars for okay. like a four course. Uh, okay, fine. Certificate. That's a year course. Uh, so you can do it at the speed you like. Oh, okay, uh, fine. So fine. like you could do one course a quarter, or okay. like a semester, or uh, okay, interesting, yeah, or more. Um, and and you could choose like usually there's like one. Uh, one mandatory course mm-hmm. and then three electives so you can okay. also choose okay very or, cool yeah yeah very very interesting do they have uh, do you know if they have any like financial aid programs or sponsorships or kind of stuff like that do you know if they do uh, i mean i'm not sure okay you, fine yeah all right cool uh so yeah guys uh wrap it up it's been an hour this was awesome by the way you Thanks. really really got me thinking about such crazy topics i'd never thought about so i really appreciate that guys hit him up andrew Costandi um on linkedin uh do you, do you do any posting do you, you should be you should be writing articles dude <laughs> Perhaps in the I, future. We'll, we'll talk about this because I don't think you should. Then uh, this is Let's Take This Online. This can be found everywhere. So if, if you're listening to it on Anchor, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're going to be live on Enghami very soon. Very, very soon. Really excited about that. I'm Digital Hoos. You hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Digital Hoos. I'm on LinkedIn as well, Hassan Al-Hajj. And that's it, guys. This has been such an awesome. I really hope you enjoyed it. And we're out.